Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So I'm here today to speak on the last uh, sermon of our series. Uh, came out of our vision series uh, and uh, we... we on Vision Sunday uh, is a Sunday when we declare our, our vision. It's not new vision that we declare. We re- restate some of the things that we believe as a community. And then we also share some things that I believe God has laid on my heart for the coming year. And, and that's what we've been working our way through over the last weeks. And that's been based in Isaiah 54. And uh, I'm going to read as I have done because not everybody in the room uh, has been part of those weeks. So I'm going to read for context those uh, verses, uh, and it's from a modern translation of the Bible. Uh, Isaiah 54, this is what the Bible says. Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song, you who have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. And as you can see, I've titled this message um, From the Ridiculous to the Sublime. And, And that's because if we just get our church head off for a minute, um, If you're new here, you won't have had a chance to put your church hat on. You're blessed. But if we just, I mean, Isaiah actually does take us on a ridiculous journey. He's talking about not just someone who hasn't had a baby. He's talking about a woman who can't have a baby. She's barren. And then saying, don't worry, you, 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 your children are going to be more than those who uh, uh, find it easy to get pregnant and, and have, have children. I mean, it's, you know, when we're in sermon head, we can just nod and smile. But wait a minute, that what? What? That is absolutely crazy. And, and it kind of sets the tone for that, for that scripture because at the same time, Uh, as we have read, God is talking to someone in a tent. But he's talking about influencing a nation and, and, and resettling abandoned cities. This kind of represents, along with Isaiah 61, but uh, which was what we, we talked about on, on Visions Sunday, you can, you can find that um, on podcast. But what this represents is essentially my understanding of what, of what the gospel is because God doesn't just rescue us. 
He does rescue us, but he doesn't just rescue us. I'm glad that I'm rescued, but I'm rescued for a purpose. Thank God he got me out of the water. I'm now in the lifeboat, but I'm not now just sitting around on the lifeboat waiting for, waiting for heaven. There is, the reason he saved me is for, is for a purpose. And, and the seeds of this, it talks about resettling abandoned cities. It talks about us taking, taking the opportunity of, of bringing life to something that has died, making habitable, habitable again that which was uninhabitable, believing again. Believing again. A city that's been abandoned was a, a city that was once populated. And, and an abandoned place means that people have moved on because this place is no longer a place where they see a future. And yet God requires us to look at a place where other people have said there's no future for this. God requires us to look at people who other people will say there's no future for this person. And God wants us to look with His eyes at those cities at those places, at those people and say, I believe that God can make a way. I believe that God can do something for these people. In, in addressing, Isaiah, in addressing this tent dweller, he's, he's saying, clear lots of ground, make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. Uh, he's essentially pointing out that right now you're starting with where you are and what you've got. But I want you to understand that your current space does not define you. It might seem that you're only making a little change. It, it might seem that you're just doing something that is so incremental, but it is significant. I believe that our problem can be that God asks us to do something small, but because we won't do the small thing, we don't see the bigger thing because we were believing for a bigger thing. But the seed of the bigger thing is in the small thing. That's why Elijah can prophesy to a sky that is blue, call out, of his spirit, that sound of a heavy rain. But what we saw emerge from the sea was not a heavy rain. We saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. It was the, 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 the size of the cloud did not represent the size of, the, 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 uh, of what Elijah was carrying. But it was enough. It was enough for him to know that God had heard his prayer and the heavy rain was on the way. So Isaiah is trying to encourage you wherever you are, no matter how restricted you feel right now, uh, you, you may be carrying big dreams in a small place. You need to understand that, that, that your present space does not define you. But God will get you to change your present space because He's not trying to just get you out of your tent. He's trying to get something into you. He's trying to get you, he's trying to get you to understand that you you do something right now. It might not be very much, but do something right now with what you've got 
and where you are. Because God wants you to know there is more. He wants to prepare your heart. What he's saying, I want lots of elbow room for your growing family. I want to create in you a sense of expectation. And although my moving the tent may not do much in regard to the tent, it does much in regard to me because it creates that sense of expectation that God is going to do something. And that sense of expectation is powerful. Call it a sense of expectation. Call it faith. Call it whatever. But God will, God will use that in you. So I think we can safely say that we're not really the same church that we were five years ago. There's some familiar faces in the crowd, but we're not the same church. And, and that, I believe, was God's intention because he, he placed within me a, an understanding that, that there is there's something bigger, something more that he, wants, that he wants to do. But he, he needed to remodel us so that we export the right thing. So we're believing to, to, to plant in other parts of the city. We're believing to go to 10 cities north of us, but right now we're in a tent. We're in a building that's not our own. We hire this space. We're in a temporary place. But as I've said, God is able to pull permanent things out of a temporary space. We've got to, we've got to trust Him in the temporary space while He leads us to our permanent space. So He's been remodeling us because He wanted to introduce us to ourselves. He wanted to let us know how He saw us. He wanted to let us know uh, and, and introduce us to what is possible, the great things that are possible. And, and that's why He needed to bring us outside our small space and get us into a bigger space so that He could get us to understand that He wants us to do more. He is, he is working in us and He's working on us. He's preparing us. It's true for us as a community. It's true for us as individuals. The character Joseph in the Bible, and even if you don't usually go to church, uh, many of us will have at least heard of, of the musical Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Well, that guy is this guy in, in the Bible. Uh, in, and the Psalms write about him. Um, and I mean, this is a great, story all in itself. It's a great message all in itself. But Psalm 105 speaks about the fact that uh, th there was a, the, a famine on the land of Canaan. God called for a famine, cutting off its food supply. And then God sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave. And I want us to just take note of that because <laughs> Joseph was sold as a slave, but he was a man on a mission. He was sold as a slave, but he was a man on a, on a mission. I want, I want somebody to understand today that you, you right now, it may look like you are in a place where you don't have many choices because a slave doesn't have many choices. You might feel like you don't have many choices, but that doesn't stop you from being someone who's on God's mission. 
It doesn't stop you from being someone who God is positioning. As long as you stay close to God and do it His way, no matter what man says, no matter what man does, they cannot stop you achieving what God wants you to achieve. They can call you all these, every name under the sun. They can treat you like a slave. They can fire you. They can hire you. They can bring you in. They can shove you out. They can do whatever they want to do. But as long as you are staying close to God, He will make a way for you. Joseph was a man on a mission, though he was in a very restricted position. And they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. I wanna, I wanna say to us that a man called by God, a man chosen by God, a woman called by God, a woman chosen by God, a, a woman, a man on a mission from God may still find their feet bruised may still find their neck chafed by a metal collar. Following Jesus does not mean that we become exempt from trouble and trial. There are stuff that we still have to go through, but, but we go through it knowing that we are not alone. We go through it knowing that God is with us. We go through it knowing that God is for us. We go through it knowing that He is giving us His strength, His peace, His help. That's why Paul and Silas were able to sit in a prison cell with backs bleeding, singing hymns to God because, because they had engaged with something that was greater than their physical pain. They had engaged with something that was greater than their environment. The scripture says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. If, you, if you're going to do anything for God on this earth, whoever you are, God will test your character. You can have your prophecy underlined in your Bible. You can have the highlighter pen. You can have it written down on the back page of your Bible. But at the end of the day, God, God is going to test you. Like Joseph here, God gave him a dream. But God then had to do something uh, to, to make, make the dreamer strong enough to carry the dream. He wasn't ready. When he received the dream, he wasn't ready to do what God was asking him to do. And God took him through some stuff to build into him what was needed to be built into him. Because when God gives big dreams to small people, God does not shrink the dream. He grows the people to fit the dream. And this is the kind of church that, that God is building. He's, he's in the business of, of, of growing people to fit, to fit the dream. And God, like with Joseph, as with all of us, God uses pressure. He uses restrictions to mold us and to shape us, to teach us to be dependent on Him. And it's not easy. We get bruised and, 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 and our neck gets chafed sometimes through the things that we have to go through. Because we have, some of us are bought into a theology that you know what, if, if, it's, if God's in it, it's gonna be easy. If God's, if God's in it, we're just gonna sail through. 
Well, that might be your theology, but it's not one I recognize from the Bible. Some of us, we, instead of, instead of leaning into God, when we're going through the tough times, we seek to remove ourselves from the circumstance. That's why some of us, we go through so many jobs. Because it's easier to move on from the trouble than face the trouble. That's why so many of us move churches. Gone through 12 churches and we're still the same. Because the problem is, wherever I go, I take me with me. And the situation is that, you know, I find, you know, when I first joined that job, oh my goodness, that boss is the best boss. Much better than the last one. That guy from that last place. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. But this guy, awesome. No. But you know what? It'll only be a little while before this guy now starts showing traits of the last boss. Different person, different place, but not wait, well, no, 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 no. And some people just spend their whole life wondering why their bosses turn out the same. But they never ever look in the mirror as to what actually might be the real problem, which is not their boss, it's you. You see, you can change the environment as much as you want, but if you don't change, if you don't change, you know, I know what it is to feel like you want to get out of difficult circumstances. I know what it is to want to get out of painful, restrictive circumstances because in our human nature, why would we, why would we would just want to endure the pain? Let's just get out of it. When, um, when we were in South Africa, about the middle part, we were there for 10 years. About the middle part, we had, we had a, a really tough time. We, we, uh, we, some pretty awful character assassination and, 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 and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, let me just say to you that your reputation ultimately is in the hands of God. Someone said this to I just feel prompted to say it. It's not a scripture or anything, but it was something that really helped me at the time. That lies have speed, but truth has endurance. Lies have speed, but truth has endurance. God is in charge of your reputation. People can say what they want, but truth, truth has endurance. So it's a bit of a tough time. Don't need to go into all that detail today. But the thing was, we, we'd been given supernaturally a five-year visa and that visa was now running out in that time. And it happens everywhere. The law had changed and uh, the, the, the rules by which we had got into the country no longer applied. There wasn't the religious visa available that was available when we first applied. And, and so I have to say to you that in my back of my mind was, mm, you know, okay, this is really tough, but a little ahead, I can see an exit door. I can see an exit door and 
it means that we could get out of this with honour because I didn't want to look like I'd bailed. But if, if this visa isn't renewed, then we could say, hey guys, I mean, really, <clears throat> it's just the way it is, you know, hey, high five, you know, like we just, uh, we had to go. Um, but I, I went to see uh, an immigration lawyer um, and uh, just, just so she could tell me what I already knew because I already knew the law had changed. And, um, and she, she, so she said to me, she said, um, first question out of her mouth, have you written a book? And amazingly, I had just, literally just published a book. It was, <laughs> there's only been one and we give it away with, uh, to people. To, to, people at the end, but the, the point was, I just, I just finished this book. I was like, what a strange question to ask. Um, and it turned out that um, you, you could get a visa if, they, if you had what they called exceptional skills. And being an author was exceptional skills. It then turned out that if you got the exceptional skills visa, in a heartbeat, you could become permanent resident. See, on another day, that would have been awesome. You know, that would have been a great testimony. But like, I was looking for an exit door. I was, I was wanting this to stop. This was too tough. It was too difficult. It was too painful. And God was ruining my exit plan by doing supernatural things. We had a, we had a team that, not we, but they had a team this is the only time in history it's happened, as far as I know. I don't know whether it's happened since we left the country. I doubt it. But, but they had a team come down from Pretoria to, to speed up the process of permanent residency for a certain group of people, of which we were part of that group. The woman, the woman said to me, she said, I have ne- in all my career, I've never known anything like it. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in all your career, you've never known anything like this. Yes, thank you, Lord. But you see, my wife reminded me today, because I did ask the lady at the end, I said, sorry, just before I go, can I ask you, why did you ask me if I'd written a book? She says, I don't know, you just look like somebody who had. So, I don't know, if you want to know what someone who's written a book looks like, apparently... But God, God caused her to see something. See, that's the, that's the, that's the really wild thing because I'm talking about words of knowledge at the beginning of the service. She didn't know God. She didn't honor God. But God gave her a word of knowledge because it served His purpose to keep me where I was trying to escape from. Because God needed to do something inside of me. You need to understand that I had to stay for you. I had to stay. We had to stay for you. Because God needed to bring someone back who had been prepared. God had to bring somebody back who had been dealt with. God, who, God had to bring somebody back who had been through some stuff 
so that I could lead you through some stuff. He, he was doing it. He wasn't doing it to me. He was doing it for me, but he was also doing it for, for you. God sometimes has to do see things in us because he wants us to see some things. He is, he is doing something in us, strengthening us. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. But I believe, I believe that that is what God, God has been doing with, with us. That's what, that's what has been happening with us coming to KMC. Because just as Isaiah Isaiah was talking to people about influencing nations and influencing cities. And yet right now they were in a tent. They were in a temporary place. And I believe the Spirit of God is talking to us about influencing cities and, 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 and going and, and revitalizing that which has been abandoned and even influencing the, nature, the nation. But right now we're tent dwellers. We occupy a space that is not even our own. But God is doing something for us. There is something happening in the stretch. It's been a stretch coming to KMC. Make no, make no jokes about it. I mean, I, can, I want you to know it's been, it's been tough at so many levels and it's also been incredibly blessed at so many levels. Wouldn't change it for a thing, but, but there has been a stretch. Spoke to Sam Maller, who's not here tonight, one of our physiotherapists, because the Lord spoke to him through his world. And, uh, and, and this really just inspired me. He said this to me, he says, when you stretch, you're aiming to increase the muscle's range of movement or the muscle's capacity to move further into that direction. However, that new range, that new range of stretch will be weak. So you've got to, You've got to do strengthening exercises. Let me say it this way. If I have a plan to touch my toes, which I can't, by the way, so it's not going to happen. But if on, in the process, in the process of touching my toes, if all I can do is get to here. <laughs> See, do you know what? I'd be really lovely if you meant that. Where's security? So just kidding. Um, so, as I seek to develop a new range of stretch, I push into it and lower. Now, the new area of stretch, I've, I've, got, I've gone into that area, but it's weak because I've not yet built the strength around that new range. Are you with me what I'm saying? That's what's happened to us in coming here. We've stretched. We're operating in an arena of movement that we've not previously operated in. And now we are being strengthened. That's why we have uh, advertised, you know, about involvement in teams and all that sort of thing, because we are currently strengthening ourselves in our new area of movement, our new range of movement. We're adapting to it. God is strengthening us because we need to be strong enough to carry the weight of blessing that God wants to pour out. 
KMC is not happening to us. It's happening for us. He's growing us, developing us, calling stuff out of us, doing things that we never thought we'd do, operating equipment we never thought we'd operate, doing things that we never imagined ourselves doing. But, but God is doing that because He is strengthening us and helping us to understand that He is on with something. It might not look like it, it might not feel it, but we're on, we're on a mission from God. Just like Joseph, all those years ago, Joseph on a mission from God, he didn't look like it, he didn't feel like it, but he was being positioned to do something powerful. And at the end of that scripture, it says that, it says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Which is great, but why does he have to say that? He has to say it because there's every chance you're going to feel that you're going to be embarrassed. He says it because there's every chance that you're going to hold back in case you come up short. In other words, how can I do this and still look good at the end? How can I do this and still look cool? But it is very difficult to completely throw yourself into the plan of God and still look cool. Because you've got to let God define what cool is. You've got you've you've to throw yourself in hook, line and sinker. And you've got to trust Him. Because the truth is, you might be embarrassed for a season. But if you hold strong and hold steady, if God said it, I'm telling you, if God ordered it, it's on its way. It's on its way. It is gonna, it's going to happen. And I, wanna, I, want, I want you to understand, we, we talk about a great God. We talk about a big God. We talk about a, a God for whom nothing is impossible. Let me tell you, I would rather aim for the stars and not reach them. I'd rather, I'd rather try and fail then, 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 then sit back one day and think, oh, if only we'd given it a go. If we'd, only, if we'd only taken a risk, if we'd only stepped out, if we'd only stepped out in, in faith. The reality is, it cost us a lot of money to come here and do what we're doing. But for me, for me, that's not the real cost. The real cost was to hold on to a dream for 20 years. That was the real cost. To stand toe to toe with no. To face setbacks and put downs to be pushed around by doubt and fear and keep getting up. I want, I, want to, I want to speak to somebody here tonight and say, don't, don't let your circumstances, don't let your opinion of yourself, don't let the enemy keep you down. You know, I said, I don't think getting up is a spiritual gift, but if it was, I'd have it. 
I just, just keep getting up. Just broken, bruised, crying, sore. Just get up. Just keep getting up. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. If I can just get up. If I can just keep going. I'm not, I'm not going out this way. God has helped me and God will help you to get up. And I say all that I say, I don't want anyone for one moment, anything I've shared, number one, to focus on me or number two, to feel sorry for me. Because every single thing that has happened to us, I believe happened for us. And God, God has done it for a reason. I would not be the man I am today if I had not gone through what I had gone through. I am grateful for those experiences. I know, I know what it is to look in the icy glare of impossible and continue, continue to believe. Sometimes I've had many opportunities over those years to, to, to speak to my impossible. Sometimes you just got to speak to impossible. Like David spoke to Goliath. You've got you've to just look at your giant and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dared defy the armies of the living God? Sometimes you've got to hear your confidence come out of your own mouth. You've got, to, you've got to speak into the darkness and command light. You've got to speak into the wilderness and tell a river to flow. You've got to, you've got to speak into the blue sky of drought and tell the heavy rain to fall. You've got to speak out what God gave you to say. Because what God has put in your mouth is more powerful than what you're seeing with your eyes. The devil will try and tell you that what you're seeing is real. But what is real is what God has said. What God has spoken over your life, what God said to you in the quiet place, that is what is real. That is what has substance. That's why we're here doing what we're doing. It takes energy and effort to put up this platform each week that it goes up. But I want you to understand, I want us to understand that the seeds of this moment began 20 years ago. And the only reason this platform exists is because it is being built on the platform of promises that were established decades ago. God has been on with a plan for years. It's not new, though it feels new. It's not new because God has been on with a plan for years. But we're in a stretch. We're in a temporary dwelling, in a place of stretching, in a vulnerable place. And God, God is saying to us, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. That's why we've got to keep going. Don't hold back. That's why I want to say something that, that honestly I've been, I've been holding back on a bit because true, the truth is that 100% I believe and know that the Lord sent me to come back and, and confess a church in 10 cities north of us. I believe that God wants us to do something more in this city, something north, south, east and west. I believe that. It's easy. Let me tell you, it's easy. It's not easy, but it's easy. All you need is money and resources and a little bit of faith. That's easy. But the bit I've been holding back on is that I believe that God wants 
a spiritual awakening in this nation. You might, you might call it revival, but I, 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 want to say, I believe that, that, that God is wanting a spiritual awakening in this nation. And I don't know how, but I know that I'm supposed to declare that. I'm supposed to speak that out because maybe if I don't hold back because I'm afraid I'm going to be embarrassed, maybe if I don't hold back because I'm afraid I might come up short, then you won't hold back. Then you won't come up short. You will believe for the things that God is saying to you. Stand tall. Stand strong. Believe. Believe what He said to you. It will certainly come to pass. Believe. Believe what He said to you. It will certainly come to pass in Jesus' Name. Oh, come on. If you believe it tonight, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.